Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled The Pope's Exorcist with Dan Snyder. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Here at Gotta Be Saints, we have one goal, and that goal is to remind the listener, you, that you are called to be a saint. And so that's our hope for today's conversation. We're going to uh, allow Dan to share his his new book and also just talk about how we can use this great information to be drawn into that calling of being a saint. Before we get going, I, of course, want to shout out our sponsors. That is The Catholic Company, they are a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs. From rosaries to books to clothing, the Catholic Company has it all. So use code BRENDAN for 20% off your order. That's code BRENDAN, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, for 20% off your order. That's code BRENDAN at the Catholic Company. And secondarily, I want to shout out our other sponsor, which is Good Catholic. Good Catholic is a digital media platform that provides blogs, digital series, and podcasts that allow you to grow and learn about your faith. Use code GBS for 20% off your order. That's code GBS for 20% off your order. Now, on to today's topic. So I want to begin by allowing you, Dan, to introduce yourself. Oh, hey, thank you. My name is uh, Dan Schneider. I'm a um, uh, lifelong Catholic. Thanks be to God. Went to Catholic school my whole life. Undergraduate at the uh, University of Notre Dame. From originally from Columbus, Ohio. Um, went into the military after college. Uh, was a um, uh, went into the cavalry. Uh, I was in the air calves. I flew Hueys and Cobra gunships. Attack AH one Cobra gunships. And after the Gulf War, got out of the military. Got into working uh, business, private sector, and then. Uh, little by little um, con- conversion. I had a really had a, a conversion experience in Iraq um, and then uh, deepening my faith, my commitment to the Lord. And over time, you know, conversion isn't a one-time thing. It's a, it's a lifelong thing. And so um started studying theology, got my master's at Franciscan on the side, just because, um, you know, I wanted to know the truth and I love scripture. So I started learning more, um, got into, uh, a local retired priest uh, sat down with him for several years and learned Greek and refreshed my Latin from my high school my high school days, and decided, well, what the heck, I'll I'll quiet that voice inside that says go get your doctorate because after my master, I said that's it, I'll never do this again. Uh, so I went um, applied for a doctoral program in, in England and uh, was accepted. So I spent about five years on, again part time on the side. Uh, with all the other responsibilities of life, father, parenting, and all that, husband, father, um, and uh, got my got my doctorate degree, and and uh, recently um, went back uh, to my alma mater, Franciscan University, and I'm now an adjunct professor of, of, of really theology, but but scripture is my is my expertise. So that's kind of the, the short riff on my on my on my life. I've been married 31 years, got three wonderful kids. Two of them uh, live in your area there, in in, in Belmont, and uh, and uh, just happy to be a, a normal, regular, healthy, I think, uh, Roman Catholic guy of neither, what does St. Louis, C.S. Lewis said of neither high nor low standing. I'm just a regular Catholic guy that, that loves the Lord and is trying to be faithful to him and his church. Well, well, for today's conversation, we're really talking about a book that you've kind of helped work on. Um, and that is Father Gabriel 
Amorth, the official biography of the Pope's exorcist. So to begin, can you kind of explain to our listener who Father is? Yeah, Father Gabriel Amorth is really the the grandfather of the modern uh, the modern uh, modern day exorcism. Uh, an Italian priest, he was a Paulist father um, in the early foundings of the 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 the, the the Society of St. Paul, the public, the, the do publications. You see all the papal documents that come out are Paulist. Um, so he, he was, he was, uh, he had an early, early vocation. He had a normal, healthy childhood, which is very good um, for any priest, uh, but let alone an exorcist. So he had good psychological, normal psychological development. He had a vocation at an early age. The vocation was delayed um, when he was, was uh, with World War II. He went into the military and uh, after the military, he actually was was part of a guerrilla fighters that fought in northern Italy and in the mountains in the, the 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 fallout after the Second World War when the fascists were really trying to take over Italy and the, and so the, a lot of the a lot of that elements gets carried over into this book. Uh, he was asked by uh, well he went in one day after the war and he was a Paulist priest. Uh, a Mariologist, um, and he went to see the chancellor of the diocese of Rome, who had an open door policy, you know. And he went to see the chancellor just to visit and talk, and just to kind of chew the fat. Hey, you know, my, you know, everybody, all these religious orders offices in Rome. And so he was just doing all this stuff, uh, a lot of stuff on on um, Magigori and Mariology, promoting, um, 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 you know, a, a, a magazine on the Blessed Mother to teach the truth about the Blessed Mother, etc. And he's just visiting with the chancellor. And the chancellor said, hey, have you, are you familiar with the work of Father Candido Amantini, who who was the at the time um, the chief exorcist in Rome at a time when Rome was, I mean, when the church in general after the Second Vatican Council kind of the the whole practice of exorcism was was largely um, abandoned, and except for a few pan, handful of exorcists here and there, um, and uh, he said, "Yo, oh, I've, I've I've I know who he is, and I respect his work very much." And so the 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 I think it was an archbishop, it might have been a cardinal. He 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 says, "Hold on a second. and he turns around, he gets a piece of paper. It's his official letterhead, and he writes down, "I hereby appoint Father Gable Amorth as uh, um, to train under." And assign him to train under Father uh, Candido Amantini, um, and appoint him as as second exorcist in the diocese of Rome. And that was it. And so, <laughs> and he was sixty years old. That's the thing. So, so you know, people think, oh my gosh, I'm getting older. I, I can't have no use in my life. I'm all, I'm getting too old. Sixty years old. He had an entire career where most guys are thinking about retirement and how can I save a little nest egg to to do this or to to you know even priests have to worry about this. This guy at age sixty starts starts uh, uh, a whole new ministry, uh, completely radically different than his entire life. But at the same time, it brought his entire everything about him as a soldier, as a guerrilla fighter, as the Mariologist, as the priest that helped bring consecration of of the entire country of Italy to 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 the Blessed Mother to reach to all the every ounce of his being, even as a jokester, a sense of humor, all that came to being. And at age 60, and he starts a whole new career, and he did it until his 90s um, and battled Satan on a daily basis, day in, day out, hour after hour, praying prayers of exorcism for people from all over the world to come to see him. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's quite incredible. I mean, if that doesn't enough make somebody want to read this book, hopefully the rest of our conversation will. But, uh, you know, I I think I, I guess I want to ask you, what drew you to his remarkable story? 
Um, I'd read his other books. I've got him here. You know, an exorcist tells a story An exorcist more stories. Like a lot of Catholics, I read those in the nineties when they came out and was fascinated by them. Um, mostly again, as a soldier, um, myself, I hadn't, I had no idea when I, when, when Tan asked me to do the developmental editing of the book, I had no idea that he was a soldier. I had no idea how educated he was. I just knew the stories, um, that he told that, that made me, it, the average Catholic go, yeah, that's real stuff. The devil is real. You know, he was in a time where uh, in academia and the hierarchy of the church, they poo-pooed it. You know, they're like, oh, all that devil stuff. That's that's all preconciliar stuff. That's all medieval, uh, um, pie, you know, peg, you know, kind of a, a, a um, the poor man's piety um, that are uneducated. That we've evolved beyond that. And so he, this was like like the, the 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 waters that he found himself in. And so I identified with him just reading the book and like, wow, what a fascinating guy and, and fearless. Um, but then later, you know, then later as I was involved and in work with Father Ripperger uh, and in local team after several years of doing it, Tan said, hey, we've got to edit this book and we you know and it's been translated um, from Italian to to English. And sometimes some of that stuff doesn't translate very well. Some some of the stuff that the Italians care about, the Americans really don't, you know, like politics and, you know, the Italians, my wife's Italian, you know. And so when I go, we visit her family in Italy, man, they love the intrigue, the politics, what's going on in international politics, local politics. You know, it's just kind of part of their culture. Americans do too, but we expected something like, hey, we want to hear more stories. And so I was in the book, I, at times I would have to footnote things. He uses phrases like red and black, like we were the part of the reds or they were part of the blacks. And, and that those have significant political meanings, the red, the fascist, the 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 the, the reds the communists the black or of the the catholics or whatever so i footnoted all that stuff and kind of cleans up for an american reader to go oh yeah that makes sense we'll be right back interested in learning more about your faith i invite you to check out good catholic they are a digital media brand focused on sharing and teaching about the faith From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, Father performed an astonishing number of exorcisms in his lifetime. Uh, What really led him to accept the role of an exorcist initially, despite uh, what, what... I read, you know, he had initial reluctance. Yeah. Um, he, he, he had a phrase, you take care of it. You know, we, there's a popular, um, um, there's a popular, uh, novena going around from an Italian priest. Um, and it's, uh, um, you know, Jesus, you take care of it. He lived that spirituality. Um, he would just say, you blessed mother, you take care of it. So it, it was really his devotion to the blessed mother, that made him say, yeah, I, I will say yes to this because he, when he said yes to his vocation, his was a resounding and final, complete, unconditional yes to what the Lord and the Blessed Mother would ask him to do. And so at this change of his life at age 60, um, after a full career, when he, he says yes to this, that's just the way he was. He was a true Our Lady's true yes man, a yes man for the church. And so it was. It made perfect sense to him. Okay, I'll I'll do that. I mean, that, and I think that's part of the 
the makings of a good exorcist is docility, devotion to the Blessed Mother, um, solid theological foundations, and a good humanity, a natural, uh, a good, wholesome, natural human development, um, psychological development. And so when he when he said, yeah, he said, yeah, you know, he, he knew what he was getting into. Um, but at the same time, nobody knows what you're getting into. So his, so his training was um, uh, similar. There's a John Wayne movie. Um, I think it, I forget which one it was, but there, but he was, he was teaching a young boy how to fish. And, and the boy says, I, the, John Wayne says, Hey, you can't, uh, you can't fish on this side of, on this side of the, of the pond because the, the sun's behind you and you got to go to the other side. And he says, I don't know how to swim. And John Wayne says, you don't know how to swim. And he picks him up and he throws this boy in, into the pond and makes him swim to the other side. And, uh, you know, that was basically Father Amor's training. Father Candido said, uh, here's the rite of exorcism. Read this, learn it, and then for 30 days. And then his very first case, um, and 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 exorcists will tell you oftentimes their very first case is one that's that is, I mean, dialed in perfectly for you. It's it's a very difficult case usually, but it's perfectly dialed in to try to shut you down, uh, at least or to challenge you and your weaknesses. And so his very first case, um, he's praying over a, a man, a young man in his 20s, a farmer. Um, that was possessed. And as he's praying the rite of exorcism, the man levitates. And this was the only time in his entire career, I mean, 30 years of doing this, eight hours a day, that he ever saw levitation. But his very first case, he sees levitation. And then he, there's a certain part of the ritual where you the priest lays his stole upon the shoulder of the of the possessed person. And he, as soon as he laid his stole and finished that prayer and said, amen, boom, he drops to the ground and the manifestation ended. And so... Um, he gets back and he was fascinated by that. And he was had all these questions and he and he experienced again. Priests have no clue of the of the of the cosmic divine power that they wield in their sacred hands. And for the first time in his career, he realized, "Wow, it was just my stole and my prayer and the word Amen." And 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 he was just blown away by that. And Father Candino said, "You're going to fall into pride. You need you need to, whatever happens during the day, you forget about it." And you drive on to the next day. And so that was a very good lesson for him. And he just approached it with humility from that point on. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Uh, and, and one of the things that you already kind of mentioned, I think, is is worth noting here is we kind of look at this great man's life. Uh, he played a significant role in consecrating Italy to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on how that came to be? Yeah, no, he he was fanatical about it. He saw the 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 state of Italy after the war and the division and the problems and then the rise of the occult uh the just the rise of secularism um and the and the need uh for this is before he became the exorcist uh, in Rome, the, the need to return to first principles and to consecrate Italy to the Blessed Mother. So a large portion of the book is his efforts to to convince all the bishops and and he was an organizer remember this was a soldier he had he had a, i think his he had a, a secret soldier name they all had aliases and i think his was uh, alberto and so this 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 underground uh, a soldier guerrilla fighter was now was now found himself in the church doing guerrilla fighting in a sense and he's org- community organizing in the church to get all the the bishops together and as as you can imagine getting 
all the bishops of a country to agree and to do something like this was not an easy task. And so he <laughs> no. trusted it. To, no, you can't get a bishop to agree on anything. Uh, you put 10, 10 married guys in the room. You put 10 biblical scholars in the room. They won't agree. So what he did was was truly an, an act of grace. And he actually had a, 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 a statue of the Blessed Mother and, and, and a layman de, de, uh, donated a helicopter to the cause. And, and he flew all over Italy, including um, a, 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 a nice encounter with, with uh, Padre Pio uh, as well. Um, and and, and for, the, for Padre Pio's endorsement and all that, um, it was it, so he, he got all the bishops together and he flew this statue of the Blessed Mother and did consecrations all over uh, um, Italy. And all the bishops uh, of Italy at the time did it, which was, I, I think, a tremendous grace. And I think. His work, again, it shows kind of the one-two punch. Yeah, you've got, as a soldier, I can tell you, you got to take the ground. you got to take territory. You can't just, you know, you the, you have to physically, hand-to-hand combat, whether it's tank-on-take or, or, or mano-a-mano, but you can't do that without the air cover of the Air Force, you know, like we had uh, in Iraq. you got to have air superiority. And how do you do that? You do that through Marian consecration. And so what he did for the country of Italy, I think is a good paradigm for us. You talk about got to be saints. You want to be a saint, you got to consecrate yourself to the Blessed Mother, and then that's how, then you're in a position. You're softening the battlefield so you can so 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 you so you can you weaken the enemy so that you can go in and take ground back. And that's the the overarching plan that he laid out. This ex soldier. It's it's really a neat story. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think, uh, you know, I'm looking I'm looking at time. I want to be cognizant of that. Let's. Let's briefly just talk about why he's called the Pope's exorcist. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Well, he had a strong he had a very strong relationship with Pope John Paul II, and um, uh, and, you know a friendship with with Pope John Paul II. And in, in some ways, he got some political coverage protection. You know, there's one really interesting story um, in the book. Uh, he's meeting with a prelate, uh, a cardinal, and um, and it's on page 139. Good morning, Eminence. I'm Father Gabriel Amorth. I'm a Pauline priest. I live in Rome. I'm also the official exorcist of the, and the, he gets interrupted. I know who you are. I've heard of you. Tell me, what do you want? I need to meet you. For what reason? So we, we're, this is when he's putting together the association of exorcists. And so the, the priest, uh, this, this prelate says to him, um, um, he says, I, he says, for heaven's sake, do the right thing. But this story of the devil, and, and Morse says, pardon me? He said, I'm saying you're an exorcist, but we both know Satan does not exist, right? What do you mean he doesn't exist? Father Amorth, please, you know better than I. That is all superstition. This is a cardinal, okay? Do you, do, do you want to tell me that you really believe this? Your eminence, he says. It amazes me to hear that these words come from such an important person as yourself. It surprises you, but how? Don't tell me you really believe it. I believe that Satan exists, he says. The the prelate says, really? Not me. And I hope nobody else does. Spreading certain fears is not a good thing. And he says, well, I have have something I'd like you to read if you you would like to read it. He says, sure, please tell me. I would love to read it, thinking it'll be an academic book. He says, oh, yes. What book, Father? What book should I read? He said, you should read the gospel. And he says, an icy silence fell over the room. The cardinal looks at me with a serious mien without answering. 
So anyway, so so this dialogue, this is this is why he's the father of modern exorcism. You're talking about a time in the church where this was dismissed. Father Father, Father Ripperger talked about has mentioned before one of the uh, he met a bishop and was talking to the bishop and his own an American bishop in American diocese. And the bishop said, I believe the devil exists. I just don't think he's in my diocese. This is a time back then where the ignorance was the devil doesn't even exist. He just embodies the evil that's built into our hearts. And and when you see some of the things that Father Morsine or anyone that's been involved in the deliverance ministry sees, um, you realize, oh, there's a there's a real personal entity to the devil. And Father Morse militated for that against against the tide, uh, you know, the, the the you know the against the tide of his time. Yeah. All right. I, I got well one one more question, and then I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to just kind of say final thoughts here on on this book. In your mind, why? And maybe you just kind of answered it a little bit. Why is this important? Why is this story so important to tell? Well, I think I think it's important because um, it goes back to the very tradition in, in ancient history. The word historian means to 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 not forget to remember the great deeds of those who have gone before us. And Father uh, Ripperger uses a, a packed theological phrase in his introduction, and he calls him an approved. He said, he, I, I, recommend, I suggest that he is an approved author. That's a packed term. That, that An approved author is someone that we can rely on, that he stands in the train of tradition, free of doctrinal error, an expert in the field of study who was cited by uh, either, either papal or magisterial documents that's a trustworthy author to hand on the, along the chain of tradition. This is why he's significant. Um, and he stood in the gap between the post-conciliar church and then now we're living in a, the modern time where we all know that that Satanism and the occult is on the rise and, and very much in the open. And so he brings back and starts to put brings back the whole ministry of exorcism and starts to put it back into Catholic norms, at least getting it normalized in many dioceses. And he started the International Association of Exorcists and started getting bishops to be convinced, yeah, I need to appoint canonically, as canon law says, I need to appoint an exorcist in my diocese. So he stood in that gap uh, in the face of a lot of resistance. Um, and and th- th- we're at the point we at now. We have the Pope Leo Institute in the United States. You've got the, you know, various countries now have institutes for exorcists, and of course the International Associate of Exorcists still exists today to to train to teach uh, how to do this properly and how to do it safely. And that's what we do uh-huh. with Libra Creek and Father Ripperger. Yeah. Okay. Well, can you uh, or I want to give you the opportunity? Any final thoughts here on on this book in particular? Yeah, I think I think it's a good book. It's not gonna it's not gonna give you all the, the the exciting stories. This is a biography, so you're getting the whole of his life, not just the last thirty years. You get you get the whole of his life and the background, and what and and what you get is the life of 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 potentially a saint, someone who was who lived heroic holiness. In my reading, in my observation, piety, prudence, humility of life. And complete obedience to Holy Mother Church. So you get a you get a big picture, and you realize he's what's great about reading the lives of saints. And this is what happened to Ignatius of Loyola, right? He reads the lives of saints, and you realize I can do that. I can become a saint, you know. And so reading the lives of the saints and their humanity, you realize they're guys just like us, and they overcame the the, the exact things that we're overcoming in their own culture and time and place, countercultural to to what's going on in society at the time. That's the call of everyone. That's the call of all of us. And that's the call to sanctity. Well, I, I look forward to reading the book myself. I know that if you're at home and you're listening to this, 
naturally, uh, we are sponsored by the Catholic Company. You can get this book at the Catholic Company website. You can use that code Brendan for 20% off, but you can also get it at TAN. And I'm sure there are any other places where people can go. Amazon, um, probably anywhere you can get books. Um, now, Dan, I want to ask you two questions as, as a guest here uh, with the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I ask this, these two questions to every single guest that comes on. Firstly, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Saints? Oh, man. Uh, certainly the Blessed Virgin Mary, Our Lady of Victory, um, uh, St. Sebastian, um, St. Bernard, and um, St. Louis de Montfort. St. Louis is on mine as well. I, uh, I would have to put St. Teresa of Avila up there as well. That's fine. You can add a, add a head to the, to the mountain. Yeah. It's not a problem, but I, I love the of St. Louis de Montfort. He's, uh, yeah. I could talk about him at length. Maybe, maybe another time you can come on and we can talk about Marian consecration. But um, lastly, God willing, one day, hopefully you are going to be a saint yourself. What are you going to be the patron saint of? Yeah, that's a hard question. Um, uh, I, I'm a Benedictine oblate, and, and uh, part of the, that tradition is that you take a, an oblate name. And my oblate name is Sebastian Mary, named after the great soldier saint, St. Sebastian, the only uh, uh, the only saint to be martyred twice. And so if I if 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 by the grace of God, um, it would I would be the patriot saint of, of, of soldiers, those who militate for the for Christ and the truth and those who who uh, need a second chance. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. I invite thank you, you the listener, to check out the book. and. Thank you again for listening. I want to shout out quickly our sponsors. That's the Catholic Company. Use code Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, for 20% off. That's code Brendan for 20% off. And also Good Catholic. Use code GBS for 20% off. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. God bless and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe. And check out goodcatholic.com for more details.